So Jason, you're an yes. awesome person. Can you tell everybody a little bit about who you are for those that don't know? Sure. Uh, I'm Jason Spiewak, an artist manager and uh, record label president based in New Jersey. Uh, I have a background as a musician. I played as a studio musician, as a younger man living in the city uh, for a while, and then uh, transitioned into more production work, uh, similarly behind the scenes. And uh, I've been a very active songwriter through uh, my music career. So you wear a lot of different hats. What are you most passionate about? If, if you had to I mean, boil it down. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm passionate about music. You know, it's, um, it really is the source of, of inspiration for me and, and the area that I like to focus most on. You know, the, it's funny, when I got into the music business, there were a lot of uh, professionals who were into it for the business of the business, and that's really cool. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I, I am a capitalist. I do uh, work in music for a living, and, and I, I like making money, but I'm, I'm really driven by the music side of the music business, the creativity of it, um, the song craft, the live performance aspect. And, and I find that whenever I feel like I've lost my way professionally, uh, I just follow the music and, and it always takes me back to, to where I need to be. That's awesome. Cause that's kind of like what I was hoping we could talk about today. Um, so what, so about losing your way, what is the hardest thing that you've been through and how did you get through it? I know it's a tough question, but. Well, no, it's, I mean, the hardest, and we all deal with um, major challenges and, and losses. It's, it's part of uh, being a human, a human being. And, uh, you know, the hardest thing that I've had to go through was uh, losing my dad uh, I was uh, in my early 30s and my dad died of leukemia when he was uh, just 56. And, you know, on one hand, 56 is a good long life. And, and on the other, it's, um, it's way too early to die. And so that was really challenging. And at the time, uh, you know, I had um, a newborn son. And the, the question initially was whether or not uh, my dad would even live long enough to get to meet his grandchild and, and he did. And so that was, that was very, very challenging. Um, and I, I think that was the hardest thing that I've had to go through, but at the same time, it, it informed so much of what I ended up doing professionally. You know, I, I, uh, I believe very deeply in the power of healing through music and um, have been able to establish a foundation called the Music is Love Exchange, uh, where artists can donate their time and donate their talent and reach people here in the US. And, and we also uh, do a lot of activity uh, down in Guatemala, which is a beautiful country. Uh, it's my home away from home and I'm, I'm really aching to get back there. I'm hoping we can make another trip later in 2021. Do you, yeah, are you planning on going in 2021 or what's, what is your plan with it? <clears throat> yeah, so we, we do in, intend to go. Uh, my partner in the mile uh, is a fellow named Dustin Reynolds. Uh, Dustin lives down in Louisiana. And uh, he and I have been communicating a lot. You know, the pandemic uh, obviously affected our ability to, to leave the country. And so we haven't been able to 
physically be in Guatemala uh, since December of 2019, but we have a lot of relationships there. And so uh, our friends in Guatemala have been able to continue some of our relief efforts. We have a clean water initiative that I'm proud to say we've been able to extend through 2020. Um, we've been able to provide masks and shoes uh, for kids that uh, were going to school and uh, some materials to beautify and improve conditions at a couple of the schools in communities where we regularly serve. So yeah, we, we hope to go back, we really do, uh, but we're only gonna go back if it's safe to do so. Yeah, how, how is Guatemala handling the COVID crisis? Are they, are, are they like, what, what have they told you? It's, it's bad there. I mean, uh, medicine is something that is met with skepticism and uh, a bit of fear and trepidation for indigenous people in Guatemala. Um, you know, there are some communities in Guatemala where you can be born, live 85 years and die without traveling more than like five miles. And so that's really uh, difficult for most Americans to wrap their brain around. But, you know, not being able to travel doesn't necessarily uh, hurt them in the way that it's hurt us here in the US. But uh, tourism is a big part of how uh, Guatemala survives financially. And so that's been a huge hit. And, you know, indigenous people being fearful of medicine uh, and getting exposed to the virus and not knowing what to do or not going to the hospital, it's, you know, uh, very, very challenging. And, and Guatemalans tend to live in very tight-knit communities. Um, so it's, it's been devastating there too, but in different ways uh, than it has in the U.S. Wow, I like it's crazy being here. Like we don't, we're so focused on the like what's happening here that like I, I don't even think about what's going on in other countries. And it's it's a global pandemic, right? Like pandemic global. So I'm so glad that you're in touch with everybody over there, though. That's pretty cool. Well, that's what's so remarkable it. about the pandemic is that we do have the ability to stay in touch, you know, despite all these challenges and you know I, I know that um, you've been dealing with some health things too and it's a it's an important thing and, and something that we should be ready to discuss openly you know and if you're not yeah. feeling well uh, you can't be doing well and so when we're healthy and when we're operating as we should that's when we can you know help those who are not really and it's um, you know look I, uh, I I don't spend all day every day doing helpful, friendly, awesome things. It's a balance, but you know, some <laughs> folks carry on without ever thinking about giving back and that I think is worth examining. Um, yeah. Well, that was, yeah, no, go but ahead. Just to say like, if, if in the pandemic you haven't yeah. had a quiet minute to think like, shit, I wonder if there's somebody I could help out. You know, if you have food and a job and like a roof over your head and, and, and you're healthy and like, not everyone is, and it should be a bunch more obvious now uh, who really needs the help and you should get busy trying to figure out a way to productively help people who need it. No, that's great. That was one of my questions was like, so it's called real talk, right? Like what, so real talk, what's something 
that you think is super important to talk about that people generally don't? And it sounds like that might be it, right? There's a lot. There's, there's a lot. Funny, you know, topic. Alita, this is, I only <laughs> real talk. I don't, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's why I want to have you on. You and Suze are okay, real. I'm in one mode. <laughs> and this is the thing. Well, you know, okay. Yeah. So in the interest of like yeah, okay. trying to answer your question. So it's, so when, when I got to my, on my first trip to Guatemala, for example, in uh, 2012, I had my own idea about what helping people in a third world country would look like and what might be helpful. And, you know, the things that I saw on that first trip included noticing like, wow, there is a lot of trash just everywhere, you know, walking through uh, the jungle, basically, and there's just paper trash and plastic trash and thinking, wow, we should really clean this up. Like we should clean up all of the garbage here. And what I realized pretty quickly is that, that that's an immaterial issue for them. Like seldom is the garbage situation actually impactful in Guatemalan lives. And, you know, it's easy to view it through an American lens and say, oh, well that, you know, that's messy and not environmentally responsible and all this stuff. And what I had to learn is to quiet my first world narrative voice in my head so that I could hear from the people who we were trying to help what they really wanted and needed. And you know, the, the answers took a while to come back. It took two or three years of going down to Guatemala and bringing people and, and having these exchanges to learn that, you know, clean drinking water and bigger and better schools and better resources for those schools and resources for hospitals uh, were really the things that were needed. And so that those are the activities where we can deliver an impact and, and we do. Yeah, and I think that's good advice too for anyone, right? That, that you're trying to help, right? You need to see what they want versus what you wanna give them. That's something that I've definitely been thinking about um so how did you start in Guatemala like how did that start did you just decide one day or no so uh you know as I mentioned that my dad <clears throat> was sick uh, I don't think I mentioned that he was ill for about two years before he passed and so he was in and out of the hospital a bunch and in that period of time uh my dad would receive chemo and then have to get blood transfusions and all kinds of therapy to recover from the chemo treatments. And once a week, uh, a, a dude with an acoustic guitar would come by the cancer ward and play music for the patients. And my dad was a brilliant guitar player. He's uh, one of the reasons both of my parents were massively influential in getting me into music. My mom is a brilliant painter and um, EileenSpiewak.com, check it out. Uh, it's her full-time gig. All she does is paint, which is pretty amazing. Has a studio up in Western Massachusetts. Um, and so, you know, both of my parents really encouraged music. But what I saw when uh, my dad was fighting cancer in the hospital is that his blood counts would improve after a jam session. And he was better able to recover from chemo after a jam session. And so as a young music professional, uh, we started instituting a, a no days off on the road kind of situation where if an artist was 
in St. Louis on a Monday and Indianapolis on a Wednesday. Then on Tuesday, we would call the people at the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital in Indianapolis and have artists go through and like play for the kids. And at the time, you know, no press releases, no social media. We weren't doing it for the attention. We were doing it uh, to help the patients that were sick. And, and, and that was what got me started on this path of, of trying to be helpful and trying to heal through music. Uh, my friends, uh, Dustin and Jenny Reynolds had a foundation of their own that they established in Louisiana in the wake of Katrina. And so we had seen each other at a few uh, music events and got to know one another because we had mutual friends. And it was, it was like a quick mutual admiration society. You know, I, I was in awe of the work that they did in Louisiana following Katrina, reuniting families, uh, helping people build new homes, helping people find lost pets, lost loved ones. I mean, it was crazy um, that a disaster, a natural disaster of that magnitude could take place in the United States and, and for us to be so completely overwhelmed by it. Um, so they were doing great work. They thought I was doing great work. And, and in 2012, uh, they invited me and a client down to Guatemala to see what they were doing down there. So long story short, uh, we got to spend that week in Guatemala in February of 2012, really learning, learning about uh, what the opportunities were down there. And, you know, the thing, um, and it, it's hard to keep these stories brief because I'm so passionate about Guatemala and our work there, but the people in Guatemala are so intensely happy and present. So you think, oh, a third world country that, you know, there's a food deficit and a clean water deficit and not everyone has electricity and, and you might have uh, 15 people all living under one roof and, and all these things. And it's, you know, when, when, when I met uh, all of the people and played with the kids and, and got to really hang out and immerse myself in Guatemalan culture, I was truly inspired. It's, it's wonderful. There's such a deep sense of family. There's such an appreciation for sharing presence, which I think is a more and more rare activity, especially in these COVID times. So uh, I'm, I'm fully lit on Guatemala. I love it there. I'm excited to get back. And I believe deeply in the work that we're doing. Awesome, Jason. I didn't know we'd talk about this. This is awesome. Yeah, why not? That's the thing. I, you know, I'm glad I didn't overthink the question. Why not? Just um, Yeah, I mean, I guess just to close off, knowing the kind of people on my, like, in my socials, there are a lot of young artists, right? So what is something that you can tell them? Like, I know a, a lot of them are really good-hearted and they want to be active and helping out, right? So what's, I mean, I know what I would tell them where, where I would be like, okay, look for the need and then try to find like one way you as an individual can make that better, right? Um, but what is something, I, I feel like you mentor a lot of artists, right? So what's something that we could leave them with about all this? Well, I love so much about that question. Yeah. Uh, a few things quickly. So the one is please join us in Guatemala. You know, uh, there's a lot of information at gomile.org. Our trips are open to the public. Uh, as an artist, you can get a subsidy or we can work together on fundraising to offset uh, some of the costs of your trip. Um, 
So that's one way to get involved. More locally, you know, there are so many great organizations in New York uh, that are helping people on a daily basis. Play, you know, you can go in and donate your time or talent, show up with an acoustic guitar, or reach out to a coordinator. My uh, personal go-to in New York is Covenant House. Uh, it's a worldwide organization. They happen to have um, an outpost in Guatemala, which I've also been lucky enough to tour. Uh, but Covenant House in New York is, is mostly dealing with helping homeless uh, kids find their footing, get rehabilitated, learn job skills, and get into the workforce. And they do much more than that. But uh, Covenant House in New York, uh, I believe the website is just covenanthouse.com. I should know that more firmly, but uh, if you Google Covenant House New York, you can definitely get information. And as a musician, especially, they can find ways to get you involved. And, and there are a lot of uh, homeless musician kids who are a part of their community. And so it's, uh, it's a really good way to connect and, and one thing that you can do uh, quick and easy locally. Awesome. Thank you so much. So where can people find you if you want to share that or do you want them just to go to the websites? Like where, where would you direct people? Yeah, you know, check out uh, gomile.org. Feel free to find me on Instagram, Jason Spiewak, um, all one word. My company's website is noblesteedmusic.com. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty approachable. You know, don't, uh, don't feel like you can't reach out and say, hey, um, and if you're doing exciting things, we'd love to hear about them. And, you know, we're just, we're all in this together. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. Absolutely. It was good to see you. Thanks, you too.